Hey everybody, we at Podgave Rock and Roll Do You want to make it clear that we don't mean any offense by our comments, critiques, or opinions. We're not music critics, just buddies that use talking about music as an excuse to hang out. Also, our language is intended for adult ears. Enjoy! Cause I'm in the shit house Wish I played in a rock and roll band Somebody give me a dollar bill So I can pass out What do you guys, in terms of rock and roll songs or songs in general that you love in a movie, give me a, give me five. You're like five that you can think of that are just that memorable. Link Ray Rumble when Miss uh, Mrs. Mia Wallace is doing cocaine in the bathroom at Jack Rabbit Slim's on Pulp Fiction. Blown. She does. She's doing lines of. I think they call them lines. I'm not sure oh, they call. Yeah. Them, I don't know how people do cocaine, but like. I think they call them lines, and it's like, <laughs> and she's like, "God damn," and you know, and that kind of stuff. I'm not sure why she would say that because I don't know what drugs do, but um, yeah. Um, what I have, I think it's kind of dark, but I think it was very effective. Was the use of uh, "Hurdy Gurdy Man" in Zodiac, the Donovan Ooh, song? That's a good one. That's a creepy it's so, song. Just anyway. so effective, oh, yeah. like it just makes you feel creepy. Like, oof, someone's it's about a, to get got. It's definitely a creepy one. <laughs> it's hard to get caught. Uh, the one that, I, that that like immediately comes to my mind is Boogie Nights uh, when Alfred Molina Christian. when they visit him and and Sister Christian and then Jesse's girl and I think there's another song on after that. But then the the fireworks or the gunshots are going off in the back. So good. Just, that Sister Christian is Motoring. so amazing. It's so good. That's the most I've ever liked that song. Because yes, I don't like I mean, it otherwise. That when I hear that like song. 45 seconds of it and there's other shit happening, then I like it. Yeah. I mean, when um, it first comes on, it's it's <laughs> tough to not love that first part. I mean, just, and then it goes into this build-up to Motor. It's a great tune. For me, it's. I thought you were going to say when it yeah, first comes it, on, it's tough to not feel like you have to take a shower because it's all like, Sister well, Christian did. I'm like, oh, God, I can hear the hairspray. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, well, and but how it goes into Jesse's girl, doom, 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 doom. It, and it just maintains yeah, that same yeah. like kind of you're in a drug den right now vibe, but but like a kind of wealthy drug, like you're not in the ghetto, you're like at some mansion where some. Hey, dude I don't is like elitism in drug use. I'll be very clear about that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying There's that's what that's division in the world, conveyed. Josh. Just let drugs be out together. <laughs> okay. um, but I'll say this: that build up is very cool. Um, yeah. I, I would also say another great one uh, is uh, Sleepwalk in La Bamba. Oh yes, very good. Uh, La Bamba's yeah. good in La Bamba too, but Sleepwalk is a yeah. is a especially that, was, uh, that that crushed me as a kid. Oh God, Richie! Yeah. Um, one of my favorites, uh, just on a funny take, is the use of like hip hop in Office Space when they're crushing the printer and damn it feels good to be a gangster. Like <laughs> it's just so like, and that song specifically is so good. Yeah, that, that one's great. Um, I mean, the the second one that I just is probably my f- favorite one is House of the Rising, uh, House of the Rising Sun in Casino. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, towards the end that montage where it kind of like where Pesci's getting the shit beat out of him in the cornfield with the baseball bat. It no, is, he's not getting the shit. I mean, whatever beat out you can him. name he's a ton beat of beat to death. <laughs> yes, well, I feel like he's still alive when they bury him on but, purpose. Um, which made it even but, yeah. worse. But that one is just. The most bad. That's I know Scorsese has a ton of them, like you said, Tarantino earlier. There's shit. I mean, we could just go yeah, through their movies about. and name them, yeah. but like that, that's the most memorable to me. Uh, of, of I mean, can't you hear me knocking at the very beginning of Blow is pretty cool. 
Nothing says cocaine like that song. From what I hear about cocaine, I have no idea what it's about. Yeah. Black Black Betty is great in that movie as well. When he's walking through the airport. Uh, you got another one? Down no, no. Oh, yeah. Go ahead, Neil. I've briefly mentioned how I like this song before too. Is in Fight Club, fucking in the bushes, Oasis during the last boxing match. The You know what's funny is like I never thought about it until just now. The reason why that song doesn't really work on the record, but works really well in that scene, is because it's it's like score music. It's not enough to really. It's not enough of a song to really. Yeah. Carry it, but it's great when there's a focal point, and that is just there to build. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's fantastic because it, yeah. it's fantastic. I would say, uh, one, Josh, what you got? Yeah, oh yeah, I would say another one that I love is fucking Christian Bell in American Psycho, "Hip to Be Square" when he puts it oh on the God. cassette mm-hmm. tape when he's about to murder that person in the living room, yeah. <laughs> and he's talking about like Phil Collins was or whoever Whitney Houston or whatever he's talking about in that scene. <laughs> Don't. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> and he's just dancing in the back with his little suit on and he's about to murder her with a hatchet that shit is so absurd and grotesque and hilarious and who who Hard was hip to be square again was that Huey Huey okay yeah, yeah. I had one real the news, real baby. quick just the use of power of love in back to the future which I think was kind of loosely written for that I think it was kind of for so that good. yeah so good Pow. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I just watched that the other day. All right, so let, let's do let's do one more, and and we we kind of avoided like the big ones, like yeah, Tiny Dancer and Almost Famous and Wayne's World, Bohemian Rhapsody and shit like that. But uh, um, Johnny, what you got? Well, so I'll go Casino in the non-Stones category, uh, which is uh, when they're getting into the Cadillac because they're having to talk um, away from everybody, and I think they kick into White Room. I never thought about it until just now. I think that Cadillac is white. Maybe that's why they used it. Because it's all, it's all solid white on the inside. And it's like, hey, yes, no, yes, and that's amazing. It's and so it's, good. That's very cool. That's very cool. Um, yeah. My last Neil. one, just uh, again, so effective, is uh, I got you, babe, in Groundhog Day. Oh, yeah, that's nice. <laughs> right, right. Every I'm morning, like, every goddamn morning. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Did you have yeah, another one, Yeah, that's very effective. Um, now, I'm gonna, I have to return to the Stones, Will, real quick, but a different director. Because Wes Anderson uses them a, a little bit as well. And I feel like probably the most memorable one is the Ruby Tuesday in Royal Tenenbaums. But my favorite is uh, Play With Fire Ooh. in the Roy- the Darjeeling Unlimited, which is not that a movie great movie. But like killed me when one was Anderson. That, monta- that montage when when the fucking Play With Fire comes in. Mm-hmm. The Such only thing they, they drop the record. That movie oh, it's is so Natalie good. Portman's short-ass hair and lingerie at the beginning. That's the only thing I remember about that movie. <laughs> except it is, except I had three good. actors that I really like and really did not like at all. And that, that movie just but, bore the shit out of me. That broke me from Wes Anderson. Well, I haven't watched Wes Anderson since. Well, so, so uh, moving on from one, that. One more big one. Before we... Bohemian Rhapsody in Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> Jesus. Or maybe in Wayne's World. Maybe in Wayne's World. Maybe let's go with Wayne's World. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And, and on that note, before you were listening to Pod Gave Rock and Roll to you, and before we introduce the song this week, I do want to give a quick musical shout-out to one of my favorite musical stories um, that probably people don't know. A, a songwriter named Jim Weatherly died this week, and Jim Weatherly is known for writing the hit song by Gladys Knight and the Pips, uh, Midnight Train to Georgia. And what people may not know is that Jim Weatherly was the quarterback 
um, for the Ole Miss Rebels when they won the national championship in 1969, and they were trying to integrate the school at the same time. And then he moved to Los Angeles after he graduated instead of pursuing the NFL, and he became a hit songwriter. He died this week at 77. So check out uh, some of his other tunes if you've never heard of him. Also, uh, February 6th is Bob Marley's birthday. Definitely somebody you can't overlook, man. They don't get... He's in that Elvis Beatles category. There aren't many folks that big. Yeah, so uh, speaking of movies and film, this week's song is featured in the David Lynch 1980s film Wild at Heart, and it is Chris Isaac, Wicked Game. I don't really remember when I first heard this song because it's... Yeah, I was probably like six or seven when it came out. I do remember the video <laughs> very clearly. Yeah. His hair is so perfect <laughs> in that video, isn't it? Like I, I definitely, I definitely saw the video first, or that's the first thing that comes to my mind. And you know, I was young, and I knew probably for the first time in my life that this video contained adult situations. <laughs> yeah. It, it had like this, this hint of like danger and lust that like I did not understand, you know, at the time, obviously, but looking back on it now, like it's, it's a super sexy tune and it's, it's really a, a modern country Western rockabilly classic. It's got that like ashtray in a motel Levi's lingerie, and ugly bedspread vibe, and I dig it. <laughs> I mean, the video is super sexy. I mean, he is gorgeous. <laughs> hey, th- those lips are just fantastic. They're when perfect. that sand's Mouth all over him. It's a great song. Super vibey. It was really super popular for a while, obviously. It was really big. And it stands out because this is one of those songs that proves genre, era, and all that stuff's total bullshit. All that matters is, do you have a cool song folks want to hear? It, much like the Stray Catch demonstrated in 81, but playing rockabilly when everyone else is listening to fucking Flock of Seagulls, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it just shows you the power of narrative, of production. The production on the song is massively important. Um, also shows you the power of videos. Yeah. And, uh, but it's definitely a standout song. You, one might compare it to a uh, Betty davis eyes type Situation, yes, yes. Uh, one of the minor phenomena that one might encounter in the last (laughs) couple decades. Like I don't know what it's doing. It almost tapped into something new. He almost kind of created his own style and sound. Obviously, it's kind of country, and people had done that before. But he just took it to such a level. Just the reverb, the polished production, like you said, the video, and just kind of when it came out. It's funny, like, this song goes full reverb. <laughs> no, you gotta be careful going full reverb. That's where it comes dangerous, and, high science. Well, it's a, it's a callback to that kind of Everly Brothers Roy yeah, Orbison but it's of, so, of music, it's that rockabilly. So, um, just, just the whole thing. And I think one of the best things this song does, it's, it's kind of like it has a very trance vibe to it. You know what I mean? It almost puts you in a trance. The way the guitar is like, fought, like the first note falls off a cliff, like. Meow. 
coupled with the video gets very powerful. The, the scene it sets, you know. There's certain times, Jonathan, like you, like I think you mentioned this, like where you can take, you can call back to a certain time and place if you do it right and with a, pro- a proper song that people are just going to gravitate towards. You know, something that was popular at one time can still be popular with people today. It's just got to be the right mix. I'm saying that's so true that all that shit is actually even irrelevant. All that matters is how good your song yeah. is. So, yeah. But it also needs a little luck. I mean, this song was released in 89. It really went nowhere. It David mm-hmm. Lynch used it mm-hmm. in uh, a movie, Wild at Heart, which is a really cool movie if you've never seen it, Laura Dern and Nicolas Cage, in 90. And then some DJ in Atlanta who liked David Lynch started playing it like a lot, and it started getting moving forward, and then they re-released it in like 91 and then it became a hit it, it took three years for this thing to it, like it really is, take off it's such a great song too because it it gives him immediately uh, like immediate credibility like i don't know too many of his other songs but people you know you ask people if they like chris isaac just because of this one song everyone's like yeah yeah i dig him i've heard that you one know? album i think i think <laughs> the album that this is on and there's some other cool songs on there they're not mm-hmm. this you know this song really jumps out at you and if you're going to do something like this that is not a new sound, then you got the songs have to all be phenomenal. And obviously, not many people have tons of phenomenal songs, but this one obviously works really well. The other songs are cool, but this one, you know, like Radiohead, even they're not great songs, are still really cool because it's like, oh man, this is Radiohead defining new space, you know, in art. Yeah. He didn't do that, but once again, with the right songs, let's say also like the Stray Cats, they got two songs. Mm-hmm that I care about but they're great so it's more of a te- to me it's a testament to songwriting and, and then production so this was on his 89 released Heart Shaped World it's, it's a fine album I, I don't really love a lot of it I mean it's it, like it's pretty much like this song it's a vibe it's a very vibey album I, I, he's pretty much known for this tune Baby Did a Bad Thing and Somebody's Crying which are all great yeah, tunes yeah. I enjoy mm-hmm, all those mm-hmm. tunes I mean this is definitely more well known, I think, than any of them yeah, at this point. Of probably course. because it lived on through the video and because it's been. It was everywhere for a while. It also made kind of a comeback in like the last decade to where it was in a yeah. Game of Thrones trailer <laughs> was uh, it? and, and yeah, all this stuff. Yeah. yeah, so like it's never really gone out of the consciousness of the culture since. You, you look at the video, I mean, that's basically the first Victoria's Secrets ad, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. It's just clouds, sand. A beautiful woman, Helena Christensen, and you know, it's in like black and white, like on a beach. Female, really. yeah, yeah, certainly. And the cool thing about it is, it's so tied to the video. Like, just the age we all are, we grew up. Just that it, this song was that video, and now you almost, even when you hear it, things almost go black and white, and the clouds start moving fast. It kind of puts you, you know, you can't get away from that. Yeah, but, I mean, if you're in, if you're in like a certain five year range. Maybe 15-year range. I don't know. You you definitely jerked off this video at some point in your life. <laughs> the video is big to me, but the biggest thing to me is that guitar, Bigsby riff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That to me is even yeah. more significant than Helen, Helena Christensen because it's just like it's yeah, such a defining thing. Like that cuts through well, the clutter in, in a hurry. It certainly does. It's so good. And basically it is guitar and his voice. Everything else is very subtle. The drums, right. the bass. Yeah. Like, it's almost like those two things, like trading punches. Like, 
See, and even less than his voice, it's just that falsetto makes mm -hmm. a difference in the vocal, really. I mean, because the, the vocal is so reverby and so understated and whatever, aching or haunting or whatever yeah, fucking adjective you want to use for it. But it, the falsetto makes it like something unique and, and interesting. I mean, even though it's, it's, it's basically his take on Roy Orbison, right? Sure. Yeah, certainly. I mean, you know, Orbison is one of the only kind of influences I was thinking of, you know? I mean, all those, it's Wait, that rockabilly crooner thing that it's Elvis, it's all those things, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, but the fact it gets started, that's um, James Calvin Wilsey, uh, who was a guitar player in a punk band called The Avengers. He plays that lick, and he came, he came up with that. That was yeah. not a Chris Isaac thing. And it's a 65 Stratocaster he's playing on. Oh, nice. And I think it's a good use of a Strat, too. It's just a like one of the perfect sounds a Strat can make. You can't do some of those rakes with other guitars and get that that sweet sound. Yeah, you know what I mean? that's so funny. I think because I tend to only do that kind of shit with a Gretsch, I just always default to Bigsby. And between the sideburns and the hairstyle, my mind totally just defaulted to Gretsch. And like, cause I just don't what, ever, this, what you thought it was a Gretsch. I never had really thought about it, but my mind just defaulted to it being well, that. Yeah. And I was actually listening to it and I heard it was a Strat and I was like, I don't hear it having that classic Strat sound. And then I listened again and I was like, well, if oh, you're down yeah, on the first four or five frets with a Strat mm -hmm. between like nine and 14 is where you, it's to me, well, the Strat sound is the most. And it works perfect with this song because I don't know, like the guitar, the strings almost feel so loose. They sound almost like waves, you know what I yeah. mean? Like you can almost see the strings, like the vibrations, because it's just like so wobbly. With you. That's that power of that depressed bar, right? Yeah. It's so cool. It's and so and not, not overdoing it, just really like, it's very... I mean, some of the big falls and rises, but throughout, it's very subtle and kind of Because nice. it is with a bar, right? Have you ever played the riff? A bar? Yeah, I've never played the riff, but it certainly yeah, sounds like definitely, it. definitely. Oh, no. Yeah, it has yeah. to be. I figured oh, it was. certainly. I, I think on, yeah, on a strap. Yeah. That's all the same guitar, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But that first little, that little dive at the beginning is so... Again, we talked about this with other songs where like the beginning just drops you into mm -hmm. the world you're about to inhabit for the next yeah. Oh, yeah. three minutes or whatever. It's very pedal steel inspired. Uh -huh. Yes. Mm -hmm. I was actually curious. I mean, not being as guitar savvy as you guys, I, I was curious if there was a pedal steel as well as the electric guitar. But it's but after listening to it all week, it's basically just there's an acoustic rhythm track that Chris Isaac's playing and then that one electric guitar track is there right? yeah there's a there's a subtle acoustic rhythm i guess but the cool thing is is you can tell it's just one guitar i i who knows if it was one take actually i think it was i read somewhere that like they've been doing it over and over and the guy kind of like after a couple of days that and the bass stand out to me more than anything else musically in the song i mean that bass is just really kind of throbbing from the yeah, from the beginning as not, well you can it's just letting the guitar and Isaac shine. It's not doing it. Sure. It's just holding it down, just holding it together. You know what? But but when what, the invisible thing that makes a song like this really fucking pop is the tempo. It's most folks are not comfortable playing this slowly. <laughs> yeah, it is very and slow. It's methodical. Like even when I was playing it with an acoustic, I'm like, oh wait, I just got to take my noir, time. It's yeah. nostalgic and retrospective and all those 
things. Yeah. But that tempo, man, is seductive because what it does when it's slow like that and it's quiet and he's he's almost acting as a narrator, it makes you lean in to listen. And if you're leaning mm-hmm. in to listen, yeah. then it's you're totally into the narrative. And that since it's very 50s, very film noir, like I said, because he, he's done some acting. And it, he's, he's almost acting like a narrator. But his voice is good. There's so much space, exactly, because yeah, you know, around everything. I mean, I watched yeah. the um, that scene from was it Wild Hearts or Wild that Earth? that he's in, no, the, or the, the one where the, the this song Lynch. is playing. Yeah. It, it's 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 wild. I think it's Wild at Heart. Yeah, it's really cool because it's basically like an instrumental version that goes on for four or five minutes while they're just driving down a highway at night. You don't even. It's that cool. It sets such a vibe that you can just play like. The verse over and over again. The in- instrumental, yeah. I mean, the, the guitar is just so like I, I don't want to say lazy. Methodical is probably a better way to put it, but it's also I mean, I mean it's like sleepy. I think it's very intentional. Is my fa- is for me because it's like it is not. There's nothing about that as fucking happenstance. It is so deliberate. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, le- legitimately, you could take this instrumental track and and fucking meditate to it. Like you could sit and meditate for twenty yeah. minutes with just hey, man, that on the loop. Oh, I mean, I'm just meditating to some <laughs> instrumental criticizing. <laughs> You're totally right. <laughs> I could see that. Oh, I did happening. a remix. I did my own remix. I went to that sound bath recently. <laughs> the uh, thing in Joshua Tree. I rest my case. What is in it the called? Integratron. Integratron. And yes, I wouldn't have been surprised if they would have like come out of like the <laughs> the sound bath. Of- you probably could make this guitar sound on the bowl. <laughs> 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 what I love about this is it's uh, it's southern bluesy, but it's also Tex-Mex, Mexico at night, film noir, border towny, yeah, fucking dust yeah. till dawn, badassness, and I love this kind of dark shit, man. It's like the Doors are like the '60s version. Of, this is the '50s. Mm-hmm. The Doors are this in the '60s. It's western, and it, it's a it's motel, and it's a it's a it's, it's yeah. a it's a country western bar, and and that's it. You're it's like they're both next to each other. That's where you're. That's where you're getting drunk, and this is where you're spending the night. But it's or also this is, tequila. it's also so polished and cleaned up. It's not straight dirty country western. You know, it's like high end western. <laughs> Yes. It's clean, it, 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 but it's, it's not polished. It's just on. No, I mean the no. It's you can do this. You can make the same the sound live. Like the I'm talking about the deliberate nature you were referring to. But you could pull it's it off so, live. You could pull this off in a bar just like this. Oh, it's not polished. Sir, I'm just saying the, the this track, the recorded version. It doesn't make me think of old western. Well, I don't it think the old think necessarily. Of, I just think film noir, like dark, like even the mm-hmm. '80s kind of. Sh- yes. it's that. It's not like the old west. These, this is the place on the outskirts yeah, yeah. of this it's western total town. total vibe. Like, this is where either you're coming through town and staying, or you're take you're coming to meet somebody for like a lustful Something that, uh, little lustful. tryst. There's you know, a lustful rendezvous. A little tryst. <laughs> but but the, the thing that makes it dusty for me is the drums. The very simple drums, just it just rubbing on with the rubbing what do you call it? The, uh, <laughs> rubbing just, on just drums. rubbing like, on the, the drums. <laughs> just rubbing <laughs> on the tile. You don't. No, there's, let's be clear, there's no drum you, you ever rub about? on. Are you talking right. about with a brush? You don't rub. With the brush, yes. Okay, just brushing. Just okay. brushing. Rubbing is with just a hand. Rubbing with those brushes. Rub. That's funny as hell. Just <laughs> rubbing, rubbing the drums. Rubbing like, the drums. What? You're just brushing the dust off. They're just brushing the dust off. That's what it sounds like to me, the drums in the song. Yeah. I don't think he's brushing the drums. I think it's just the reverb is lingering. You could be right, but it sounds like that. To me, it sounds like there's a brush. That's a man rubbing the skins. <laughs> sounds like someone's rubbing a brush. Rub them nabs. Now, now I will, I will say, I, I won't, 
I will not say that this is a perfect song because the and although I don't mind the harmonies, the little harmonic line. Yeah, yeah. It it's it's unnecessary. What do you mean? This world is only gonna break your heart. That little. You yeah. mean the background? I never knew what they said until. Yeah, the today. background kind of. Like, there's no harmonies. That- yeah, yeah. Sorry, the background that that accompanies it's that, like, fun. It, it's a know, it's, thing. But it's, I hear it's not yeah, even really a call it. and response. But it's it's just unnecessary. It's unneeded. Mm. It doesn't I sound think, bad. It's not out of place. I think it's too but loud. It's I think it's too loud in the mix. I don't mind it. It's very sireny. Mm-hmm. Yes, and that's what we can kind of move into the production here. Neil, you might have said something about this, but like it's clean and dirty at the same time. You gotta get clean how before you get dirty. <laughs> yes. The cleaner you get, it, the dirtier it, it, it's you get. Clean. It's, maybe it's you were clean and you're getting dirty. I don't know. That's what I'm saying. That's exactly how it works. This is the equation. The cleaner it you get, clean. the dirtier you can get. At least that's what we say at our house. Jonathan, you pointed this out at the beginning. The the mix is 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 perfect in this song, and, and other than maybe the the background. But I, don't, but like, I, don't, I think that's the, fine. Actually, I'm listening to it now. I don't think it's fine. The drums and bass are just perfect. Mixed when he's singing in the singing parts, the guitar pretty much falls out altogether. It says there's a keyboard in here, but I really don't notice it. In the production, the kick drum is, and this is indicative of a lot of blues and rock and yada, you know, soul and stuff. It's based on the heartbeat, which is so subliminally a factor in everything because that's the yeah. first rhythm anyone, any human being ever hears, hears rather, mm-hmm. is their mother's heartbeat. And that is such a it's the, arguably the most human sound yeah you know and it's sure. working almost subliminally like the song is like the chick is like desire does like and that's why this song is so well, good because yes. it just puts you in his situation and that's the thing that the production does perfectly as well is this song is pure emotion i mean it's pure desire this is basically mm-hmm. a less direct and better version of U2's Desire because it is just pure desire and the production allows like that space and like the elements of it to just come yeah. to the forefront. Before the song, I'd never heard anything quite like it. You know what I mean? That captured what they were going for with the song and video. It's like I can be making coffee in my pajamas with fucking bedhead and this song comes on and my hair is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in a fucking super clean tank top making a damn cologne commercial with a supermodel. And that's a great feeling. <laughs> the And I don't know if this is production or, I mean, it's everything in this song. But like Jonathan, you said, like, I could wake up in the morning and hear this. I could fucking be listening to this, having sex. I could play this before I go this to sleep. This song make you feel better I could have, have <laughs> yes. <laughs> you feel better about getting the a fucking dentist. root canal if this song go, comes on. You're like, eh, fine, it's a little better. But kind of like we were saying, I mean, the lyric itself, you know, just to get into the songwriting a little bit, is a ball of. A what? Yeah, and I don't want to say <laughs> desire. Say I'm trying to think of something besides desire to say. Desire. Oh, I thought you said a cabal. And I'm like, a cabal? <laughs> a cabal. Like, what did I miss? It's a cabal of desire and lust and heartache. Great cabals um, of fire. <laughs> you say my nerves? But no, I mean, the, what the, what the, this lyric is so, is is it's not the greatest lyric ever. I mean, it, it does a fantastic job meshing with the vibe. It's perfect for this song. To me, it kind of conveys a motel probably having an affair or just a booty call or like something's going on in a motel that you may not want to be happening like that you want it to be happening 
but probably shouldn't be happening. It makes it so much hotter, doesn't it? <laughs> it's funny, Josh. You mentioned Booty Call. Did you read up on how he wrote this song? Yes. Yes, a girl called him for a booty call. Oh, yeah, And yeah, then yeah. he was like, this girl's trouble. And on her way over, he like, as soon as he hung up, he picked up the guitar, wrote this song. <laughs> and she came over and he said she was upset because he was more excited about the song. He's like, babe, but baby, the song I He's like, this will get me so much more pussy, you don't understand. <laughs> I am going to be Can't rolling around on the fucking sand with right. a supermodel exactly. in three years. But sure, let's have sex. The words, I love the first line. I mean, the first line's oh, the it's best. Great. It's... The best part of the lyric to me is, is that first verse, mm-hmm. right? It's the, the world was on fire and no one could save me but you. It's strange what desire will make foolish people do. I never dreamed that I'd meet somebody like you, and I never yeah. dreamed that I'd lose That's, somebody like it's you. It's over. After that, it's he doesn't even need to say anything else. Well, it's just so much happens in 41 words. Well, it, everything that, that, I those love are the about best. it. The, the yeah. first line, and I never dreamed I'd meet somebody like you, and then lose her immediately. In 41 <laughs> words, it, it expresses the earth's... It, it expresses the urgency of desire and how quickly it can fall apart and chaos that can leave in its wake. I, it, it, it's, it's just all chaos. of that in four lines. I think you have so, more words in that statement than he does in the fucking song. I know. That's why he is making money as a songwriter and I'm doing a podcast <laughs> with you guys. I was going to say that. The word I was thinking of was scandal. Scandal is big. There is something hidden oh, for, yeah, yeah, definitely. in this. Yeah. And there's tank top involved for sure, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> but it's this it's the same feeling that have you guys seen election? Yeah. Yes. Not in a while, but what's his name? Matthew Broderick lot, is yeah. having the affair with yeah. the neighbor. And he's trying to meet mm-hmm. her in like a hotel and he's like got like wine and plastic cups in like a fucking <laughs> with parkas <laughs> with fur on them in like, you know, Wisconsin or whatever, and it's like what <laughs> it does. <laughs> is this song touches at the heart of those are two I guess those are two words. Desire and scandal, right? And it touches, yeah. like the core of that. And no, no matter if it's some super sexy Armani commercial on the beach, or it's wine in plastic cups in Wisconsin, or or wherever it is, it's the human element of desire. And yeah. there's definitely an yeah. ashtray involved. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, and when I sat down to listen to this, actually, the first thing that came to my head was. That this song almost created a TV show. Like I just thought of True Blood immediately. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, this song. Honey, you guys watch that? You like that show, don't you? I mean, I watched it. I don't think it's it's not critically oh, acclaimed, Christ. but it was a fun watch. It was a guilty oh. pleasure. I can't just watch like it. The is, song. It's just mine. It's like it, someone's putting their finger in my. Was, Fucking brain just kind of swirling it around. There's ashtrays involved in that uh, as well. Getting back into songwriting, the the melody is fine. It's pretty straightforward. I mean, this is a three chord song. It's very simple. Yeah, and I yeah kind of what the false the falsetto kind of adds a little something to it. And but I think and the kind of like the almost simple and timeless nature of it. It's almost kind of like a lullaby, just in the sense that it kind of puts you to sleep a, yeah. bit, a little bit. And it's back it's to a good point. Just trying to get somebody just... in bed. <laughs> exactly trying to get somebody in bed and stay in bed That's, my first thought was this is like bare feet and sticking out of the like sheets like in a motel room like that that's what i think about when i think about this song it's like just a sloppy ass motel room with like some feet sticking out of the sheets <laughs> some feet i don't i don't think of like ashtrays and sloppy motel rooms that 
I think of beaches and models and uh, reverby guitars. Yeah, but I'm not. I'm not thinking about the the video. Yeah, well, like we talked about, it's tough to separate the two in some ways. Like even when I, the video's not on, I still see the video in my head. <laughs> You're like I'm still thinking about it. <laughs> That's what I said before. Everything turns black and white. I think the guitar part is sexier than the chick. If it was Stephanie Seymour, it'd be a different conversation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like we've talked about before, you can tell this song was written in an instant. Yeah. It's only 41 words. <laughs> he wrote it while some girl was on the way to his house, and he was he was marveling at how easily it came out and just talking about how hard you work at some songs. You needle over different parts and verses for weeks, and then sometimes you just get lucky, and you're like, yeah, I mean, it, if you're having a fight, like, if, if I'm having a fight with song. a song, I don't fuck with it. I stop because I'm like, if I'm, if I'm having a fight with it, it's like trying to put on a shoe or yeah. something. Well, you'll I'm think about it later. Like, you'll think about it at a, at a point in the future, and then back. maybe you can finish well, it. And it's probably yeah. different when you have a record contract and you gotta. I wouldn't fill know. An album, you know? <laughs> we would not know. Never had that. <laughs> Never. See, I'm free, Neil. But I, but I will say before we leave the songwriting free followed. I, I, I will say before we leave the songwriting portion. This song is also a song about codependency. Like I mean, he is really like. I think every song is about codependency. <laughs> At least mean, every song I've I mean, ever heard. The world was on fire and no one could save me but you. Yeah, I mean everything oh, yeah. is just like that's it, it. That's why it makes it so delicious. Wicked. Exactly. <laughs> what a wicked game to Fucking play. Wicked to make, games. To make Stop me, playing those wicked you, games. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what he's talking make, about, though. You're laughing. To make me dream of you. No, yeah. I mean, like, of course. I've, 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 any, <laughs> I, think, I feel like any guy or girl has felt this way. Like, anybody can relate to this song. It's, it, this it's, is it's like universally. Th- this is like someone who's gotten a taste of something, but they aren't going to get it anymore. They're not sure. And that is a fucking... Yeah delicate spot to be in you're very it's very sensitive you can tell that there was some something happened and now he's and he yeah and he well, knows the, that it, it wasn't good but he wants it to happen again and it's like it's like a drug this could be about drugs what a wicked thing to say you never felt this way what a wicked thing they say if you find your greatest love the next thought is your greatest fear of losing it. Yeah. And that's what this is. Why don't we slide under the influence oh my God. real quick? Is there any other way to get under the influence? You can't well, just can, dive bomb into it. That's true. I've done that. We, we can dive under the but We can, uh, I mean, my, my first thought was like, if there was ever an heir apparent to Roy Orbison, it, it was this song. In total inspection of that idea, it's not melodic enough for Roy Orbison. I mean, frankly, it's, Roy Orbison is this and then some and then a little more sure. even, right? Is yeah. there, I feel like there's somebody, not Jan and Dean, but it's almost that with Roy Orbison. It's like this is like Dan, Jan and Dean meet Roy Orbison. It's got a little Buck Owens in it too. Elvis, man, I think the the heart and soul of this shit is Elvis. Elvis, yeah, yeah be, well, it's like a so mix cool between the two. It's this. like a mix of Elvis and it's Orbison. Elvis and Orbison, yeah. Because of it, the way it's so flashy and sexy, and but it's, it's definitely just rooted in that late fifties rockabilly sound, and his vocal sounds like Orbison and Elvis, so that's what you're going to associate it with. Oh. And the vocal, pretty much, just because of that one falsetto. To me, the real inspiration for this is like is film noir. Everything about this song is it's 
is it smoldering? Well, and that's it's, the cool thing is that's how it understated. became popular. But it's almost like a short story, right? But it's almost it's almost like to me that the real it's of the rockabilly school. Yes. But the subtle inspiration of this that you don't hear as much in the earlier songs because they're cause see those guys are younger. They're all teeny bopper like we're hanging out, we're doing, and I love that stuff. But this is mature. This is it has all those things. So I would say this is as much inspired by writing and writers and authors and film noir as it is. Then that's sure. being expressed I mean, through Sun Records. Right. Yeah, I mean, this could this could be more Raymond Chandler than Ricky Nielsen, but it also, I mean, and it, it's very kind of of age with Dwight Yoakam, but not as Buck Owens as Dwight Dwight Yoakam. Not as country, you know. Right. It's not as country, It'd but it cool still has that feel. Though. It'd be cool to hear him cover mm-hmm. it too. Yeah, that's true. I mean, he he he'd be right up that alley. I mean, I I still just feel like the the Orbison Elvis stuff is strictly because the vocal sounds like. And the arrangement. The, the, I mean, it's very, it's very Sun Recordsy. Like I said, that's what it's that. It sounds like it came out of Sun Records. And I mean, I think this song definitely influenced a lot of shit that came after it. Not maybe as much as people say, like Graham Parsons influenced like alt country. But there's a lot of this song and Chris yeah, Isaac kind of I, vibe in alt country. Like I mean, Ryan Adams is very well. All those yeah. things Chris are Isaac. of the same school. That's why they're yeah alt country, right? I mean, to me, the Doors. The end of the night stuff, that heavy, heavy. Yeah, well, the, that's like the dreamy nature exactly. of it. Exactly. The doors, you know, just. Yeah. And trance. I would say two songs that came out in the last, say, 10 years that are just very sequels to this or cousins of this or whatever, progeny of this, is Ryan Adams, I Do Not Feel Like Being Good, and Butch Walker, Bed on Fire. There's a song by a band called The Neighborhood called sweater weather that has hints of this in it it's yeah. it's not it's very pop but it, it's cool and it's got some of the same production some of the same production value i think yeah i think one thing this song did is just what they're saying how it sounds it's like the best version of this wicked desire rockabilly sound like i don't know yeah, i don't know how you could do it better than what he did like a yeah, yeah. sexy reverby country rockabilly song well I, I said earlier it was a modern rockabilly classic but like is it even modern anymore i mean it's almost it's over 30 for rockabilly years old now <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're due for another one you know well i guess we can move under the covers now that we're all lubed up <laughs> did y'all listen to any of the covers I did. I listened to one by Boy and the Bear. Boy and Bear. Yeah. Have you ever heard of them? <laughs> I heard that. I, I heard their cover. It I was pretty cool. The harmonies were cool. It's kind it's of fine. like I dug it. Um, if you cover this song and it's not good, you are the problem. <laughs> okay, so so here here's the problem though is that in all the covers I heard, you're not you just don't have that guitar sound mm-hmm, in the beginning, mm-hmm. and that hurts the song. So that's oh, why I say. That, well, you, that's why I say that the melody itself is not. There's that, no melody really. Da, 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 da. Yeah, yeah. It, da, it's da, like da, if, you, da, da. if you lack that, like I, the only band that really tried to mimic it is a country band called Midland, uh, Midland from Texas. And, that, those know, guys from LA, yeah. from Texas. But like from, they also just try to. They're just like this world's on fire, and you know, they just go straight up like. Did you I'm gonna get to, my country? Just be clear, they're from on. LA. <laughs> no one is, can save me but you. Sorry, Neil. What'd you say? No, this band, him. All caps, H-I-M. That was an awful the f- cover. <laughs> the Finnish the Finnish guys. Well, the guitar playing was very Van Halen. 
I don't like what they were doing, but they were doing it well. Whatever they were doing. They were trying to make it like a pop like a, rock song. Yeah, it was like, like a, a little pop hard rock. Like, I don't like how you're touching me, but you're doing it really well. <laughs> <laughs> I actually no, wrote I him mean, and then ugh. <laughs> got it. Under my cover. No, I want to hear it. But I, in terms of covers, I want to hear you 2 cover this. I want to hear Elvis cover this. I want to hear Dwight Yoakam cover this. There, there was the uh, ubiquitous Earth, Earthshine Vulpine. Two weeks in a row Two weeks in a row appears again because of a trailer, like it was in a trailer. What is this? They do these slow electronic with like screaming female vocals that sound good over like an epic trailer, yeah. basically. Yeah, it was and, cool. And I think the best one I heard was there's a guy, James Vincent McMorrow. It's very like folk acoustic hmm. version. It sounds great. Well, now that now that we're lubed up and ask under the covers, other. we can ask each other. All at once. <laughs> <laughs> does the shoe fit? Josh, does the shoe fit? Um, I would say it fits like a worn-in cowboy boot thrown across the floor of a sexed-up motel room, oh, obviously. You stole my, uh, my answer from uh, Betty Davis. <laughs> no, the shoe fits kind of like a, a loafer, no socks. I don't, just whatever show you, shoe you're wearing, no socks. Just, <laughs> just no socks. Maybe a boat shoe. Boat shoe. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, both you. I'm going to say this song fits like a condom. <laughs> In a dark room by the neon lights of the fucking flashing sign. Oh, uh, good Lord. All right, and on that note. I mean, what I remember they feel like. <laughs> Ribbed for, for her pleasure. Ribbed for no one's pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> thanks for listening. And we are going to play a cover of Chris Isaac's 1989 hit, Wicked Game.
What a wicked thing to do Let me dream of you What a wicked thing to say Never felt this way What a wicked thing to do To make me dream of you you just heard was performed by Josh Bond and Neil Marsh. Thanks for listening to Podgave Rock and Roll to you. Um, if you like what you heard, please subscribe or rate wherever you listen. Um, if you'd like to reach out to us, you can find us uh, on Twitter and Instagram under the handle at Podgave Rock. Next week is Jonathan's week. What are we going to talk about? We're going to talk about the Drifters 1960 something or other hit uh, Under the Boardwalk. Can't wait! <laughs>